Hi, this is episode 15 of K. Ray Reads to You. Today we have part one of chapter three of Absolute Zero by Helen Cresswell. Chapter three. The natural misgivings about Grandma setting off to bingo with Mrs. Fosdyke that evening were not so deeply felt as they might ordinarily have been. The Bagthorpes had something else to think about. They had nearly all added competition entering as an extra string to their respective bows, and were involved in it as obsessively and single-mindedly as only the Bagthorpes knew how to be. <clears throat> At this stage, each of them suspected what the others were up to, but no one could be sure exactly what, so that there was a strong air of guerrilla warfare about the place, too. <clears throat> it was unlucky for Jack and Zero that the rest of the family was so preoccupied, because it meant that Zero's new feet did not receive due recognition and applause. "'What? Oh, he can do that, can he?' was all Mr. Bagthorpe had said at lunchtime. "'Well, he needn't do it at me, mutton-headed hound.' "'I don't think we want that at table, dear,' was Mrs. Bagthorpe's only contribution. The only member of the family who seemed unstintedly happy and admiring was Rosie, gleeful in the knowledge that her camera held film of what must surely be the most unusual me-and-my-pet shots ever taken.' So warm was she in her admiration, so many pieces of meat did she hold up for Zero to take, that Jack, had he been of a suspicious nature, must surely have been suspicious. The Bagthorpes respected one another's achievements, but did not usually wax lyrical about them. They saved the lyricism for their own personal successes. The one good thing about the lukewarm reception of Zero's latest string to his bow was that no one bothered to ask Jack how it had been achieved. He did not really want to describe how it had been done, and felt certain Uncle Parker would not want this information bandied about either. Grandma had gone to have lunch and spend the afternoon at Mrs. Fosdyke's, whose half-day it was. The pair of them had gone off looking uncommonly pleased with themselves. They had never been friends before, and it seemed odd to see them trotting down the drive together, Mrs. Fosdyke with her black plastic carrier, and Grandma wearing her fur coat though it was unseasonably warm for October, and carrying an umbrella. Mr. Bagthorpe had his misgivings about the latter accessory. "'If she doesn't win,' he said, "'and she won't, she'll end up laying about her with that umbrella. You mark my words.' None of the others had said anything in reply, because it occurred to them that Mr. Bagthorpe could be right about this. "'The only safe game for her to play,' he went on, is patience. That's British for solitaire. Grandma did play patience, for hours on end sometimes, and it came out every time. Jack was due to meet the two ladies at the bus stop at a quarter past six to escort them to the bingo hall in Isham. Mrs. Fosdyke did not usually play there, and was nervous at the prospect. She usually played at a small hall in the next village of Maythorpe, but there were games there only on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Today was Tuesday, and Grandma, once fired by an idea, did not care to be held up by even twenty-four hours. On the bus, Mrs. Fosdyke confided in them that what was really worrying about the hall in Isham was that it was so big. "'Used to be an old theater, you see,' she told them. "'Holds hundreds. What I'm afraid is that if I shout bingo, they won't hear.' "'I shall shout with you,' Grandma told her. "'I shall shout,' 
and attract attention by waving my umbrella. Jack winced. Uncle Parker had given him a pound to play with, but he was now beginning to feel that even if he won the jackpot, it was going to be a high price to pay for sitting next to Grandma at a game she would almost certainly lose. Another thing, of course, went on Mrs. Fosdick. There's a lot more people goes. Makes the prizes better, of course, but you don't stand the same chance of winning. I shall win, said Grandma with decision. The hall was certainly very big and had a lot of gilt molding and red plush about it. Grandma approved of this decor. She said it took her back. They arrived five minutes before the start of play, and the hall was already three quarters full. Mrs. Fosdyke spent the time giving Grandma last-minute coaching on how to mark her card. And remember, she told her, there's a small prize for getting a line up, down, or across, or all four corners, but to get the big prize, you have to get the whole lot. I see, said Grandma happily. Is he going to begin? Now, Grandma had had it explained a hundred times during the course of the day that this was one game she could not hope to win every time. She had been told it tactfully and tactlessly, gently and rudely. She had been told that it was quite possible that she would not win a single game during the course of the evening. She had not replied to any of this, but she had worn a certain look on her face. It was the look that meant that whatever was being said to her was going like water off a duck's back. <clears throat> Nonetheless, Jack had expected Grandma to stay the course longer than the first game. He knew she would not stand for losing many games, but he had expected her to stand for losing one. He was wrong. Grandma came nowhere near winning the first game, because for one thing she said the microphone was too loud for her to hear clearly. She was also confused by the legs eleven and two little ducks and sixty-six clickety-click aspect of things. Mrs. Fosdyke had told her some of them, but not all, and it really did hold her back. Everyone else there seemed to be old hands. They were poised over their boards, some of them playing two or more at a time, and flashing their hands about with the speed of light. Grandma was seventy-five, and sometimes she got rheumatism in her hands, and even when she did get a number it took her so long to deal with it that she missed the next one. She then poked Mrs. Fosdyke and hissed, What? What was that? Clickety-what? With the result that both she and Mrs. Fosdyke missed the next number after that as well. Jack himself was doing quite well, and was only one number short, when the first line was called. The woman who won it was on the row in front, farther along, and Grandma glowered at her innocent back. "'Ridiculous!' she snapped. "'I've only five numbers on my whole card yet. Isn't he going to do something about it?' "'Sometimes they do win quick,' said Mrs. Fosdyke, whispering in the hope that Grandma would lower her voice, too." "'I thought you said there was no cheating allowed,' Grandma said loudly and distinctly. "'There isn't,' hissed poor Mrs. Fosdyke. People were beginning to look at them. "'Shh! He's starting again. You might win the whole game yet.' Grandma did not win the whole game, though it was not from want of trying. She adopted the tactic, whenever she did not hear a number properly, of marking off one of her numbers at random anyway.' She probably thought this was fair. There was no vice in Grandma. It was simply that she couldn't stand losing. The second game was about to get under way when Grandma rose in her seat. Jack shriveled inside his skin. 
"'Young man!' she called. "'Young man!' The caller, a balding man wearing a cream jacket and red-spotted bow-tie, glanced about, looking puzzled. Grandma picked up her umbrella and waved it. "'Here!' she called. "'Here, young man!' He placed her and said into his microphone, "'What's up then, madam?' "'Would you mind not talking into that loudspeaker thing?' called Grandma. I can hear you much better without it. A murmuring broke out in the hall, and it was getting increasingly difficult for anyone to hear anything. Shh! hissed the caller into his microphone, and his clients immediately stopped their chatter. I simply want to say, Grandma told him in her clear, ringing tones, that I am not likely to win this game the way it is being played at present. A deathly hush settled on the hall. Nothing like this had ever happened before, nothing remotely like it. Sometimes the odd drunk would get up and start shouting and have to be hustled out, but Grandma obviously did not fall into this category. And that's the end of Part 1 of Chapter 3 of Absolute Zero. See you next time.